the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Mr. Speaker, an amendment at the desk. Let's call it uh, the JD for Seth Liebson Show. Special guest host and legend in his own mind, former United States Congressman J.D. Hayworth behind the microphone. And I guarantee you, this portion of the program ain't recorded. It is live and coming to you even as I speak as we approach seven minutes past four Mountain Standard Time next hour. Uh, kind of a grab bag. We're, we're, when you're headed home in that five o'clock hour, we're going to bring home some points about going to court about an election that was fraught with problems. That's next hour. Right now, though, we're going to concentrate on uh, a very important election, but one that is held with a small group of voters, and that would be members of the House Republican Conference in the United States House of Representatives, because those representatives, since the Republicans will take the majority the first week of January of 2023, the first vote... That is taken is a vote where the roll is called and every member stands up and shouts their preference. It is no secret ballot. And something else, when you check the Constitution, and isn't it interesting that we talk about three uh, separate and co-equal branches of government, but isn't it interesting that our framers, that our founders cited Article 1 as the article that brought forth the legislative branch. And when you read about the House of Representatives, there is a standalone sentence. The House shall choose its speaker. Does not mean that a member of Congress has to be Speaker of the House, but through all the years there starting with Friedrich Muhlenberg as the first Speaker of the House, it is, uh, it is something where a member has been chosen, and there is a certain member from California who wants the job, Kevin McCarthy, who has been the Republican leader, and yet there is our friend from the East Valley right here in Arizona, Congressman Andy Biggs, who says... Of Kevin McCarthy. Hey, Kevin's a nice guy. Let me translate that. Yeah, Kevin's an okay guy. But Andy Biggs is saying, like, who was it? Was it Gene Knight who had the hit circa 1971 72? Andy Biggs is saying to Kevin McCarthy, hey, Mr. Big Stuff. Who do you think you are? May I know that Seth has a great library of music. It might be tough to find that one. But, uh, Billy D, hard at work over there, is looking through the audio vault. And 
and our buddy Andy Biggs says he wants to be speaker. Well, that is a tough thing to pull off. Uh, Because when you're in leadership, and here's the other thing about it. Remember how I told you that good or bad, left or right, to get elected, you got to raise money. And so traditionally, whomever has risen to party leadership has done so by saying, look, I listen to the people, I listen to the grassroots, and I know how to raise the greenbacks. Those jobs are not mutually exclusive. The guy who was best at it was Newt Gingrich. Because he, he could understand popular sentiment on Main Street, but he could also listen to lobbyists on K Street. And lest you think that there is some sort of inherent evil there, I'd explain to you that every American has a right to petition the government for redress of grievances. And I will tell you, There was a local business, not a huge business, but a business that was prospering. And we were working in the House. If memory serves, I believe the issue was patent law. And I happened to be back home, and I saw the head of the company. And he said, hey, J.D., you guys did a thing in patent law that killed my business. And I said to him, well, why didn't you pick up the phone and call last week? See, I don't want to cost people jobs in, 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 uh, in pursuits that, that are legal and good. You know, the best social program is a job. This poor guy was part of no association. I find out about it after the fact. So people involved in advocacy are not always slimy, grubby guys. They're they're people representing interests. Now, there are some with which I disagree, like uh, the open borders lobby and the guys depressing wages. But there are others who are saying, look, here's our industry. Uh, We don't want to see it go away. We want to continue to have jobs. And there is a a relationship where those associations should be invited in. The way I used to say it is this. You you think about special interests? Yeah, yeah, I guess I'd listen to special interests. If you live in my district, you're my special interest. So whether you like me or not, uh, when I was serving, I served at your pleasure. And uh, when the district lines were redrawn and things changed, well, in 2006, um, I, I, I finished second. It happens. <laughs> Don't like that L word. But Kevin McCarthy is an interesting guy. He, he has the seat formerly occupied by Bill Thomas of California. Bill Thomas and... Newt Gingrich both got elected in the year 1978. Our friend, the late, great John J. Rhodes, the House Republican leader at that time, uh, holding the district seat not totally, uh, well, Andy, Andy Biggs has part of that in his district now, part of that area. John Rhodes told me, he said, J.D., 
I got one call from Newt Gingrich and another from Bill Thomas, and they said, Leader, where are we going to have orientation? Have you scheduled orientation? And John said, Well, you better believe we set it up. These guys hit the ground running. Bill Thomas and Newt Gingrich were roommates for a time when they first came up there. Both had families at home, but but living there, they were, as we would say, batching it. And uh, they were doing that with sharing uh, an apartment. Newt ended up as Speaker of the House. Bill Thomas ended up as the Chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. You know what is said in Washington, right? There are only two jobs worth having. One is to be President of the United States. The other is to be Chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. Why? Because the Ways and Means Chairman controls the tax code. It was Chief Justice John Marshall who observed that the power to tax is the power to destroy. The power to lower taxes is the power to employ. So anyway, it was uh, it was Bill Thomas who uh, represented Kern County, California, and was Ways and Means chairman. And now it's his successor out there in California, Kevin McCarthy, who wants to be Speaker of the House. He showed up on Fox News, I guess this was yesterday, on America's Newsroom, and Kevin plays this thing. Hey, look, he's got everything under control. Take a listen to Cut 5. Look, our goal was to stop this Biden agenda, win the majority, and fire Nancy Pelosi. We achieved all three of those. I've been leader for four years, and all we've done is win seats when every other Republican entity has lost during that time. We're sitting and talking to every person in the conference. We've had our primary after the election, who to be the nominee. I won that by 85% of the vote. But the guy standing in the breach was the aforementioned Andy Biggs. And there are five other guys. Uh, One of my friends from North Carolina, Dan Bishop, another friend who uh, is from uh, South Carolina, Ralph Norman, and one of the newcomers from uh, Georgia is standing tough. Check that, from Tennessee, standing tough, saying, yeah, we don't know. And by the way, Kevin, who do you think you are? As you hear Gene Knight right here taking us out with Mr. Big Stuff, when we come back... What Kevin McCarthy could do to bring Andy Biggs and the other five in, both in terms of political tactics and in terms of the rules of the House. I will explain that to you. But right now, let's just enjoy Gene Knight as we head out, as Kevin McCarthy is trying to play Mr. Big Stuff to our pal, Congressman Andy Biggs. It's J.D. for Seth. Stay with me. Gene Knight, bringing it back from 71, 21 minutes past four. Uh, That's our theme. Uh, Not so much for Andy Biggs, although all the guys in the swamp, that's what they're saying to Andy Biggs. They're saying, Mr. Biggs stuff. Who do you think you are? Because, you know, we know this Kevin McCarthy guy. And sure enough, Kevin has been the House Republican leader. And what he had to say, we heard in Cut 5, you know, you can't argue with success. 
Because despite all the problems, despite all the great expectations that uh, didn't come through in the midterm elections, the Republicans won the House of Representatives. That is a huge deal. And so, there's Andy the other day on America's Newsroom with my old Channel 5 Cincinnati intern, Bill Hemmer, and uh, the young lady who used to be George W.'s uh, press secretary, Dana Verino, and there, there's Kevin McCarthy saying, look, we've, we've talked to every member. We want to be successful. But then, and maybe, uh, maybe uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy's intent is not to be dismissive of Andy Biggs and five of the GOP uh, members, both current and soon-to-be members, uh, who say, no, 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 we're, we're not going to vote for Kevin McCarthy under any circumstance. So after being a little diplomatic, saying, hey, look, we're getting things done, he becomes, well, dismissive. Take a listen to Kevin McCarthy, cut six. I do not think at the end of the day that five Republicans are going to hold up our opportunity to secure the border or that five Republicans are going to sit back and make us not be energy independent or let this runaway spending continue because that's what will happen if we don't. Mm -hmm. We've got to find a way to work together for the next two years. Otherwise, we'll lose as individuals. All right. So uh, now that sounds really, really slick because KMAC... You know, I was talking about, uh, pardon me while I hit the little mic flag here, Uh, I was talking mere moments ago about Newt Gingrich and Bill Thomas being roommates there, temporary housing on Capitol Hill with their families back in the district, but in that uh, brief work week in Washington, they were up there uh, living in the same place. Well, what's kind of curious is Kevin McCarthy is living in the Tony townhouse owned by the pollster Frank Luntz. So everything that Andy McCarthy is saying is poll tested. And you listen to that and he's saying, look, we're successful. And it's great as a soundbite. Here's the problem. A lot of the conference thinks that Kevin McCarthy, well, he's kind of like a taller and a, a guy with lighter hair, he, but he's Paul Ryan from California instead of Wisconsin. And the feeling in the House Republican conference is like, I guess it was the Who who sang the song, We Won't Get Fooled Again. There are a lot of conservatives who are leery, and yet they take a look and they go, well, Kevin's had success. And he's, you know, he's gone out and he raised money and he's been to the districts. And look, we we won the House and he was the leader. Shouldn't he get a chance to lead? Hold on there a minute, Baba Louie. Let me read to you what just crossed my electronic transom from Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona. Fellow American Americans cannot afford to let the holiday season go by and ignore the actions of the lame duck Congress and those of the corrupt man sitting in the Oval Office. 
While you're trying to find a way to afford gifts and prepare for holiday events, they are doing all they can to transform this nation into a socialist utopia before the GOP takes the reins in January. The left is using the holiday season to implement a backdoor attempt to force exactly what's going on in China with their zero COVID crackdown here in the United States. They have the CDC issuing edicts to force our children to have the COVID vaccine like it's the time-tested ones for polio or measles or mumps or rubella. It must be stopped now. And he continues on with what is a fundraising appeal. Okay, I'm not sure I'm going to look down the page here. Ah, yes, the small disclaimer paid for by Biggs for Congress. Now, here's what you got to understand. Just to be straight up about it, those funds aren't going to be used in an internal race for Republican leadership. That dough is going into the re-election kitty, just so you understand that. It's, it's, not, it's not a deal where he's even talking about leadership. He's just, he's just talking here about what it is he is doing to fight the other side. Now, people will get this and they'll go, wow, he's the conservative running for speaker. Yes, and he didn't say this doe was going to the fight to become speaker. He doesn't even mention it here. Which prompts the question, and this is not some character defect. In fact, it's pretty smart politics. If you want to solidify your spot, the idea is to raise a whole lot of money. So in terms of hanging on to his seat in the East Valley, Andy Biggs is doing something smart here. But what about... The leadership race. What about what Kevin McCarthy said about sitting down with everybody? And what would happen if however many Republicans kept McCarthy from reaching 218? Let me tell you what I would do were I in McCarthy's situation. And why I think Andy Biggs ought to take a look at this. I would would go... To the five guys out there, and especially the senior guys, Andy Biggs and Dan Bishop from North Carolina and Ralph Norman from South Carolina, and I would say, guess what, guys? I want to be like Lincoln. I want to build a team of rivals. You may not think I'm the guy, but within leadership, I'm going to name you as my personal designee. I'm going to name you assistant speaker. So you're going to be assistant speaker, and here's the other thing I'm going to do. I'm going to rescind the Pelosi rule where no one was allowed to come into the chamber and make an appeal, make a measure to vacate the chair. I'm confident enough we can work together. Now, let me tell you what that does. And the other thing is you name the two freshmen 
to the Steering and Policy Committee so they have a hand in leadership and you're reaching out to your adversaries. That way nobody loses face. They're included in leadership and you take away what was the big concern, the fact that Pelosi was able to rule with an iron hand because there was never a motion allowed in the House rules under the current package to vacate the chair. In other words, you couldn't rebel against the Speaker. Kevin ought to think about that when we come back. More problems. Guts up. Chip Roy of Texas lays down the law. That's next. Thirty-four minutes past four, Mountain Standard Time. As I hear that music bringing us back, the Four Seasons, with kind of an update, but when I hear that, who loves you? I think about old Telly Savalas as Kojak. Who loves you, baby? Um, romance aside, let me put it this way. You honor me with your presence here, and if you just joined us, you're going, hey, wait a minute. That's not Seth, and you would be correct. Seth's a little under the weather. You know, it's gotten cold. He's kind of got symptoms that are cold-like, and it's messing with his voice. And he didn't want to come in here, sounds like Bill Clinton with those allergies and goodness knows what's that, what else. So Seth is uh, is uh, trying to get better at home, so you've got me <laughs> until straight up six tonight. Next hour, all the hoo-ha involving lawsuits and questions about the Maricopa County uh, election on Election Day in particular, given the fact that Maricopa County has over 60% of the voters in Arizona. But I'm talking about a much smaller election right now, and that is the election of the next Speaker of the House. Going to need a majority, 218, to become the next Speaker. Five Republicans are on record saying, nope, not this guy, led by our own Andy Biggs of the East Valley. And uh, I pointed out before the break what I would do if I were in Kevin McCarthy's position. And this was actually done when Bob Livingston was supposed to become speaker. He actually designated 10, maybe 12 guys as assistant speakers to be his eyes and ears, and to have a nice, honorific title. It really didn't carry any weight, but it said, these are the guys who are my advisors. And to tell you the truth, they were probably the guys who got in behind Bob fairly early in the leadership race because that came in 1998 when when the Republicans were supposed to get a greater majority And our majority, we hung on to it by the skin of our teeth. And so that was it for Newt Gingrich. Got some interesting insights on that, but I don't want to get off track here. Maybe if the time allows, I'll tell you about that a little bit later. But let's take the the flip side of this. Because uh, a lot of Republicans are not 
sold on Kevin McCarthy. They say, yeah, he's our leader. Yeah, we were able to take the majority for the next Congress. But there is stuff going on now. The problem is the leadership has not really been exercised on the House floor. Yeah, I know we're part of a minority. But one of our jobs is not just to sit here. And sure enough, yesterday, and this is something when I was reading the email, the, uh, the, the campaign fund solicitation from Andy Biggs, he was talking about the fact that this lame duck Congress is not a lame duck. So could Andy make this a race with Kevin? Yes, he could, because a lot of the rank and file are not happy with Kevin McCarthy. They're not happy with the process. It may be they have nothing personally against Kevin, but they're frustrated. To even have a chance to become Speaker, Andy Biggs is going to have to go get the rank-and-file Republicans within the House GOP conference like Chip Roy, Republican of Texas, Because Chip, yesterday on the House floor, he was madder than H-E double hockey sticks about the process. Now, I was talking briefly about, in addition to to coming up with assistant speakers and taking the the congressman-elect and making them part of the steering and policy committee so they would have input and really trying to blunt the rebellion within the Republican conference, I also mentioned the motion to vacate the chair. Understand, at the start of each new Congress, rules are voted on, and the majority party gets to set the rules. Nancy Nancy Pelosi, whatever you think of her, and I thought that most of the time she kind of sounded like Aunt Clara on Bewitched, veteran character actress Marion Lorne, always kind of confused, but she understood power. The Democrats... No one had the power to bring a motion to vacate the chair. Now, it may sound arcane to you, but some of the rules of the House make things very frustrating. Case in point coming up when we hear from Chip Roy. Next, it's J.D. for Seth, 602-508-0960 on 960 The Patriot. Sixteen minutes till five. J.D. for Seth. That is to say, recovering Congressman J.D. Hayworth in for Seth Liebson on the eponymously named Seth Liebson Show here on AM 960 The Patriot. Number to call 602-508-0960. So if Andy Biggs wants to have a chance at leadership... He's got to get guys like Congressman Chip Roy, who, as I understand it, now I didn't see the balloting, and really it's it's secret ballot in the conference, where McCarthy got 85% of the vote that day, but Andy Biggs tells us things are changing. I told you before the break, rules may seem arcane, they may be difficult to understand, uh, But Congressman Chip Roy went to the floor yesterday about the gimmicks being utilized, where, in essence, the House 
was ceding its constitutional authority to the Senate to spend money. Here is the way Chip Roy put it in his own inimitable and, dare I say, enraged fashion on the House floor yesterday, cut seven. It's a fraud. It is actually trying to end run the rules in order to jam through what? A massive $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill without any actual debate. That is what is happening right now on the floor of the House of Representatives. Nothing else. Nothing else. And it is a mess. More from Chip Roy on this vote. And he just... He is flummoxed and frustrated that the Republicans won the election, albeit narrowly. They're going to have a majority, but they don't get that majority until January of next year. So in his full-throated fury, Chip Roy unloads on what is happening, and it's not only House Democrats whom he targets, rhetorically speaking. Cut eight. So the vote today is a vote to perpetuate and extend funding for a week to allow a $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill in a lame duck Congress. That has not been done, by the way, in the last 70 years when we've had a flip of the House, a flip in majority control of the House. We have not done that over the last 70 years. Five times there's been a flip. We do not pass big spending bills in a lame duck Congress, which is what this is. My Democratic colleagues know it. My Democratic colleagues in the Senate know it. And the Senate Republicans who seem to be trying to grease the skids of this, they know it as well. Yeah, there it is, the Senate Republicans. I told you about, what, five or six retirements? A lot of those guys going to be behind that amnesty that Kirsten Cinema and Tom Tillis are working on? A lot of those guys, well, look, we want to get a bridge named after us, and then we're going to go to work on K Street, and you got to do something for us. They have forgotten why they were elected to the Senate in the first place. And Chip Roy's pointing out something is being done that has not been done in 70 years, where you're basically uh, giving webbed feet transplants to this lame duck Congress to empower it. And sure enough, the vote was delayed until today. I just got the word on it. The Democrats got it done in the House. You know how they got it done? A whole lot of Republicans who got beat. Leading the way, crybaby Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. And then seven other guys or members, uh, most of whom are leaving. They got beat in a primary, or they decided, like Fred Upton, my old colleague from Michigan, heir to the Whirlpool appliance fortune, and the uncle of Kate Upton, Upton, that hip model. Uh, Anyway, uh, Fred, and and Kate looks nothing like Fred. Uh, (laughs) Fred is taking a hike. And uh, so they they gift the Democrats with this Valentine because it's always where you got to do this. You got to you got to vote for this. Well, here's the thing. When push came to shove, Kevin McCarthy was nowhere around this thing. He wasn't voting for it. A majority of the 
current minority, soon to be the next majority in the next Congress, said no. So there's there's not an issue there, in my mind, that Andy Biggs can build on against Kevin McCarthy. Not that I would think the leader would do that anyway, but you heard Chip Roy talking about the Senate Republicans, not only guys who are leaving. There's old Mitch McConnell over there, and Mitch wrote that book, The Long View. Always got to take the long view, except when it comes to getting things done. Can't take the long view when it comes to the border. Can't take the long view when it comes to really fighting for fiscal conservatism. Can't take the long view when it comes to neutralizing China. I, I took the long view when it came to the Supreme Court. Now, we got we got a majority there. Uh, Appointed by Republican presidents, but how many of those newcomers are real conservatives? Well, Longview is going to tell us, and I, I'm just going to tell you right now, Amy Coney Barrett, nice lady, but she's not going to be there on every conservative issue. Uh, the guy who likes beer, who had all the trouble. He's a D.C. guy. He's a Georgetown guy. He was one of George W. Bush's uh, young uh, secretaries that kept the office running uh, before he went on to the federal judge, uh, to the bench. He's a he's a good guy, but he's not going to be conservative on every issue. The only two dependable conservatives on the Supreme Court are Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito. The rest of them are Washingtonians. So even when it comes to the Supreme Court, if you want to uh, throw bouquets at, uh, at old Mitch McConnell for taking the long view, it ain't exactly going to work out. The court is a different situation. And talking about courts, we're going to get into all that hoo-ha next hour about what has gone on here in Maricopa County, Arizona, what it has done to our electoral process, and what court action portends in the gubernatorial election. That is coming up next hour. But let me, this is classic Chip Roy. you got to hear this. Chip is closing out his remarks, and he points out the House may be flipping to the Republicans in the next Congress, but House Dems, Senate Dems, and old Mitch McConnell, in essence, are flipping off America. Listen to Cut 9. And so to the American people, you need to understand what the People's House is doing to you today. Standing on the steps of the Capitol, sticking their middle finger up at you, would be more honest. Yep, it would be more honest. And I got to tell you, some advice I got from a member of Congress far away from the roar of the grease paint, the smell of the crowd, what this member told me years ago, the mindset that allows this kind of rollover to occur Is it all swampy? Well, I'll tell you, and you can be the judge. It's J.D. for Seth. Stay with me. Five minutes in front of five. 
AM 960, The Patriot, J.D. Forsyth on this Thursday afternoon. As mentioned, next hour, where ballots and uh, controversies about access to the ballot and the way ballots are tabulated in Maricopa County, Arizona, is leading to court action. We will talk about that next hour. Now, I promised you, and it's interesting that Gordon Lightfoot brought us back with Carefree Highway, which literally is one of my favorite boulevards here in the Valley of the Sun. Out there in Carefree, beautiful drive. The Beltline, and this is the crux of what a former Republican member of Congress who shall remain nameless, the only other thing I will say is he went on to a very big and very important job in the executive branch. I'll leave it at that. He had served in Congress before I got there, and when we had that near near disaster in 1998, this guy remarked to me, you know, life sure is simpler in the minority. You show up, you vote, you don't have any responsibility uh, to help govern because the other guys, they have the votes, they have the authority. And in that 40-year reign the Democrats had, understand that when conference were com- committees were called, Republicans would name their selections. But at times, the Democrat chairman would not even let the Republican conferees into the meeting to help. So just remember that when you hear all this about bipartisanship, understand that for a long, long time, it wasn't that the Democrats were just a minority, pardon me, just a majority for 40 years. It's that they acted with arrogance and impunity to consolidate their power. And it worked for him for 40 years. When I was elected in 1994, uh, along with other colleagues here in this state and across the country, I was 36 years of age. I was going into the first Republican majority in my lifetime. So you got to understand, to the left, to even the old-style Democrats— was always about power. In fact, just for grins, I want you to go home to your favorite uh, search engine. I'm not going to use that G, that G word. Uh, but I am going to tell you, I just want you to look up the bloody 8th District of Indiana and understand that in the 1980s, the Democrats in the House of Representatives even rejected the certification of the Indiana Secretary of State that a Republican won that election in the 8th District of Indiana. They overruled it and seated the Democrat. That happened. What's going to happen here in Maricopa County? We'll talk about it.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.